We have another live show for you guys. We're coming back to New York City because I'm back in town. We put something together for May 15th. We're back at Sesh Comedy. Show starts at 7.30. Doors open at 7 p.m. I'm so excited. We loved Sesh when we were there the last time. I'm pumped to be able to do another show back in New York so soon. So Wednesday, May 15th. For tickets, head to our website at findingmrheight.com slash live. That's findingmrheight.com slash live. You can get your tickets right there. That ticket link will be up as you are hearing this announcement. And the venue is BYOB. So if you want a drink, bring a drink. If you like a Diet Coke, bring a Diet Coke. And we're going to hang out afterwards. We can say hello to everybody. Hope to see you all there. See you there. <gasps> I am shocked. You, you and me both. Oh, my God. My jaw's on the floor. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. On Friday night, I presume? Correct. Uh, approximately okay. 3 a.m. So technically tell Saturday me, morning. Tell me everything that you're willing to say. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Finding Mr. Hyde, the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host, Rourke. Rourke, welcome back to LA. I'm back. You're um, back, baby? Yeah. It's, oh my God, could not have had a more beautiful day. I um, forced myself to, no, I didn't force myself, but I encouraged myself to take a walk. I could have very easily mm. just kind of gotten home and collapsed for a bit, but I took a nice <laughs> walk and it was very well worth it. Um, oh, so that's great. Um, I hilariously am um i was so i i have not been swiping at the end of dallas because i've been spending time with the alive man and also working and like it just wasn't worth it to introduce a new person to the mix and so i've been like swiping now in santa monica a little bit to get kind of my la algorithm back and i my logic is so fucking insane now I, i i laughed at myself because I was I, I came across this guy. I was like, oh, he's like kind of cute, like a decent profile. Like, and then I come, I look back at his first photo and see his profession. And I'm like, you know, I have been looking for a dentist. Swipe right. <laughs> and so, worst case scenario, I'll get a dental cleaning because Great it has been a teeth. minute since I went. Um, and so I need to do that. But um, those are those are the standards of what we're looking for at this point. What services can you provide me? <laughs> Love it. Looking for a silver but, um, lining. I like it. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so I'm having a little bit of trouble remembering the updates about the Alive Man Patreon versus RealPod. I think I think that RealPod, you talked about – I think you uh, – I, I think they might be kind of about- caught up with each other. I think so too. Like I think you talked about your last date. Like the – oh, you know what? You did not talk on the regular pod about the PowerPoint invitation. That was Patreon. Yes, that is, that is true. That is true. That is true. So yeah, we had two – So like we had met up. I, I invited him out. He met up with me and my friends. He invited me to Super Bowl. So I met his friends. That part I know yeah. is on the pod. What probably has not been conveyed is that we've had now two like solo dates mm-hmm. and – um. Great time. Like he's a great, he's a genuinely great hang and like a great person and also like has lovely friends. And I think that like something that Amy and I were talking about, we, so this, this, our last weekend in Dallas, we had a lot of kind of like processing about like 
How did this go? What are we thinking? Yeah. She she's considering moving to Dallas, right? That was like kind of the impetus for her doing this. Yeah, we both sort of are. Where it's like a right. place where we both could kind of see ourselves as an alternate to LA for various reasons. And mm-hmm. um, so when she said she was like, I kind of want to do a trial run, and I was like, I'll fucking do it with you. And we did say though, where it's it hasn't it's not exact like prisoner's dilemma is the wrong word. It, you know, it, it's a little bit of like, who's going to jump the plank first. Um, because mm. I think if one of us really decided to do it, I think the other would be pretty inclined to. And like, that's what we talked about where there's yeah. no pressure on one or the other to be the first person to make the decision. And I know I said to you over text, I don't want to be impulsive. I want to do a few, there are a few things I want to commit myself to doing here. And it's actually really interesting. So on, because we have like a good sized patron group now, something that um, you, an idea that you had that I think is a great solution to get through a few more questions is we do kind of like a paragraph written response to some people now. And I wrote one about like restarting in a new city to someone and like how to make friends, how to date, whatever. And one of the yeah, things I wrote- great advice, to- by the way. I loved that. Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you. Because I didn't um, see it until you posted it either. Yeah, I did not run it. We did not run them by each other. We just fucking went <laughs> left. Here you go. That's right. We didn't even trust you and I have. I didn't even consider that until this moment that neither of us proofed this advice that we were sending out with the other person's name like implicitly yeah. attached to this it. This is our stuff. <laughs> this is the co-authored. No. Um, That's so true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so one of the things I said was like do an activity – yeah. And I do think that I would actually really like to. So the I mentioned volunteering in New York and I loved the organization that I worked with and they have an arm in LA. Oh. And so I'm thinking about like reengaging with that just because also like I, I don't need to I, I don't need new friends. I have like a very solid group, as I told the classmate. But <laughs> I think that I would like to th- – this is all to say I-, I feel like I have a few L.A. action items that I want to yeah. do to feel really solid in L.A. and good before I kind of like make the decision. Like I don't want to make a rea- – I don't want to cut my bangs after a breakup basically. And <laughs> That's a good analogy. So, thank you. And so that's sort of where I'm at. But uh, sorry, back to the alive man. I think that like he – he, as a concept, as we've talked about, represents a pro potentially about Dallas. Where, like, Amy even mentioned to me, he has also just lovely friends. She, like, we, mm-hmm. like, when we met them at the Super Bowl and then we actually met them out again, she was like, they're great. Like, they're just a fun, nice group of guys. And, yeah. you know, we had some absolutely deranged conversations on Bumble. That's going to happen anywhere <laughs> where people, like, this one guy, oh man, he literally instant. It's what we talk about, like instantly making it sexual. Ugh, the worst. Yes. yes. Um. This was on our joint account, and he goes, um, and he goes, I think I could tell you a fact about myself, and you guys could like decide who likes me more. No. And I was like, okay, yeah, it about- fucking <sighs> yeah. It I was like, okay, fucking tell me then. And he goes, I'm very dominant in the bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Gag. Yeah, and uh, I was like, no what about this conversation has said, like, that's happening? Like, what what is wrong with you that you are going there? Like, it, anyway, yeah. we did not meet up with him. So this is all to say, there are crap people everywhere. And I'm sure yes. there are also amazing people in LA. And totally. I, I don't want to, like, disparage either city's dating scene. But I had a great – I had a really especially great experience in one month. And so 
who the hell knows? I'm probably overvaluing that sample size. But um, this is all to say, a live man's wonderful. If like I'm back in Texas, I would totally reach out. And so yeah, yeah. we'll see. And I he we did not get to see each other kind of like leading up to when I left. And however, we did have sort of like a final dialogue i'll call it which um can only be discussed on the patreon because he's a confirmed listener so this is where we're at hello alive man you won't be hearing about this right now i was gonna say we've got to pay we are screening <laughs> if he pays seven dollars to figure this out i will i will die <laughs> oh um well i am both sad that your dallas experience is ending but also it seems like it like was fruitful yeah very yeah, and I mean, I, I would not mind being closer to the middle of the country so that, like, I could mm. fucking hop on a plane and in two hours be with you. Like, I could, you know, like, I would oh, love yeah. that. That would be awesome instead of it being, like, five and a half or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Well, obviously, your parents are there. Like, so many, so many good things. Yeah. Stuff to think about. Yeah. Next steps in yeah. life. Totally. Um, I'm dying to hear about your matchmaker date. Your yes. prep video was super cute. Oh, thank you. Yeah, um. I also have two phone throwing moments. One of which I am, I, I'm actually one of which I was debating whether or not I was even going to. Obviously, Same I would man. tell you, and I was. Yeah. I haven't told you yet because I was still deciding whether or not I wanted to do yeah. it on the pod, and I, I'm going to. Okay. Otherwise, I would have just told you after the recording if I decided not to. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> so, matchmaker date. So we're calling him Lisbon. Oh, okay. It took me a very long time to come up with a nickname for him. Not. Because of anything bad, I just like I was having we're, such a hard time. We're trying time. to de-identify more. We're also like, yes. I, I feel like we're trying to be a little more creative. Yes. Like I don't it, – it, this is I, – I I can say this. It's just related to a conversation that we had, that uh, yeah. that nickname. Um, yeah. It has actually nothing to do with him as a person, which is what I'm trying to go for more. But the thing that I was really struggling with is I've only ever – this is my first nickname that doesn't have the word the in it. Mm-hmm. And, like, you have trivia. Like, you've done that. Yeah. But, like, for whatever reason, my brain was having a really hard time letting go of that structure. Oh, that's so funny. So I finally – and, like, I had to decide before I posted the video. So I was, like, in anguish yesterday morning. These are the problems that I'm dealing with. Yeah. My life is terrible. Um, anyway, so we're calling him Lisbon. Um, so we went to dinner, as I mentioned in my video. And I think I actually said that on the pod last week. Um, and I, as we know, I don't tend to like dinner dates, but for the matchmaker dates, I'm okay with it because my matchmaker has had a very lengthy Zoom conversation with these men. And so if she can keep a conversation going with them for an hour, I can too. Good attitude. I like that. Like even if I don't ultimately think they're for me, which hasn't been the case either time right away. Um... So we went to dinner. He picked one of my favorite restaurants in Brooklyn, which is this place, Fawn, in Prospect Heights. It's very good. Awesome. So that was great. Good, good sign off um, the bat. Yes. Great sign off the bat. One thing that I was struggling with going into the date that I told you about is that he is a very formal texter. Mm-hmm. He uses a lot of periods. <laughs> which A lot of Oxford you know, commas. You know what I mean, though, right? Like, you know what I, I mean do. by he uses a lot of periods. And just ve- it was just very matter of fact. Very formal. Um, yeah. and- I actually have a girlfriend that texts like that. Oh, really? And sometimes, yeah. And she dated a guy who also texted like that. And she used to send me screenshots, and I would like <laughs> distro them to other friends because, and we'd be like, 
how do these people co- this is crazy like are they she fighting like are they oh my god yeah, yeah. it's like wild it's so it's just, it was like i'll circle back we'll just, we can ping each other about dinner later it's crazy yeah it was just it was super formal and and he's older than me and which so i like i i was worried that those two things that the like you know amalgamation of those two things was going to mean that he was not going to be my vibe. Mm-hmm. He was not overly serious in person. Oh, so glad. Yeah. I still am not sure if he's exactly my vibe. Mm-hmm. We had a great time. Um, and it was really easy to talk to him. And we actually have a lot in common. Oh, that's so cool. And the things that we have in common and the things that we were connecting on were actually well below surface level. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Like- so. I don't want to make a generalization here, but it, it would be a positive generalization that I'm about to make, is I feel like you said something similar with the accountant, where totally. I think this might be like a symptom of the matchmaker, where like you're these are guys that are higher quality that you're able to like get a little deeper with kind of off the bat, which is awesome. Yeah, no, I that's fully accurate. Um, and it was – so that that was great. I he might even though he wasn't as serious as his texting style he might be a little too serious for me. Mm-hmm. Got like it. I am I am definitely looking for somebody who is silly. Yes, and he I, I'm too serious for you. Like correct. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like that is something that I think was so evident to me when I was dating the rower that was juxtaposed with the oyster and ASV, where ASV was very silly. The mm. oyster was not. Mm-hmm. And the rower was. Mm. That's nice. That's good to – and nice to be conscious yeah, of. Yeah. It was like, okay, I – and don't get me wrong. Both the ASV and the rower had the ability to be serious and talk about serious things and get deep. I definitely want that. But like – Karaoke is one of my favorite activities and like I was going to go to like a wig party on Saturday night and like make a fool of myself. I ended up being too hungover so I did not go. But <laughs> which we'll get to in a moment. Um but like I I want somebody who's silly in that way and who can, you know, just be playful. Yeah. That's good. And I didn't get that vibe from him. Yeah, then that might not be the that's probably not the match. But where are we at on a second date? I haven't talked to him. We both said that we wanted to. Okay. Um, he like waited for me for my Uber. My brother was in town for the weekend. He turned 30. He turned 30 today. Actually, today is his birthday. Um, Happy birthday, Jake. Yeah. It was a very last minute. It was like on Wednesday, I think, he decided to take this trip. Oh, that's um, so fun. And yeah. And so he texted me and he was like, hey, I'm going to be in town this weekend. Like, I'm going to be running around with my friends, but like I can let you know what we're doing and you can, you know, you're free to come meet us for any of it. I was like, okay, great. Um, so after dinner with Lisbon, I went to a bar. Well, it's it's a bar, but they have bottle service there. And one of his friends had bought a table. So we like got a table at Freehold in Williamsburg, which is just a scene. Mm. Um, it was super fun. There were a lot of shots. Oh God! Um, but I had also it was more the more of the issue was that um, Lisbon and I had wine with dinner, mm. and then I transitioned to liquor, and so the, I mean, wine before liquor never been sicker is a phrase for a reason. Yeah, 
Yeah, oh, my I'm stomach is hurting thinking about this. Yeah, yesterday was tough. Um, so this brings me to my first phone throwing moment. And that is that I texted the rower. <gasps> I am shocked. Yeah, you and me both. Oh my God, my jaw's on the floor. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. On Friday night, I presume? Correct. Uh, approximately okay. 3 a.m. So technically tell Saturday me, morning. Tell me everything that you're willing to say. <laughs> I texted him something that isn't even true. I texted, it's really hard not to talk to you. Oh, yeah. that's. I don't feel like that is true for you it's right now. It's not. It's yeah. not true. It was true, yeah. obviously, in that moment. Of course, yeah. But like – it is – that is the first time that it has even a, even been a glancing moment in my brain to reach out to him. Wow. And I had, did something happen like that made I you was, like think of him? No. Somebody asked me about him. Drake's friends all follow me. Somebody yeah. asked me about him at the club. People ask me about him all the time though. So like that's not right. new. That's not new. People ask me about is him literally, Drake- literally every day somebody asks about him. <laughs> Is Freehold the bar that he picked where you were like, I don't think you know what this is? No, but it is similar okay. to that bar. No, what bar was that? I don't remember, but no. Okay. But very – same vibe. Same vibe. Um, I don't I don't know. I Truly, I don't. Did he reply? Thank God, no. Okay, good. He Have you seen that meme that says like, if I text you drunk, don't text me the next day. Sober me doesn't know drunk me. No, but that's perfect. <laughs> like, it's like something like that. I, I fucked up the phrasing a little bit, but like, it's so true. That's like, especially in this kind of situation where it's like a random ass reach out. We don't need to have a sober conversation about this. No, definitely not. Like, just let's pretend it never happened. Let's pretend it never happened. And it was one of those things where like, so hangover anxiety is so terrible to begin with. And... But I actually did do something I regretted. So like Yeah, this amplified it. All day, I would say every hour or so, I would remember again that it had happened and be like, fuck. Are you somebody who like I had a friend that would drunk text people and then delete the threads? <laughs> I have a friend who and, does that too. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, okay, like go go off. But like that that too would I that's a risk that I can't bear. Um I'm assuming you did not do that. No, I did delete his text thread yesterday during mm. one of my anxious spirals, which I had not done because I was like, previously, there's no reason to delete this text thread. I, I still haven't deleted his number. Mm-hmm. But I did do that yesterday. My friend Cindy made a really good point. Mm. She's like, I totally understand like why you're feeling anxious. Like I, I would too, you know, like not, you know, minimizing that at all. But she said – Try to remind yourself that by this point, he's an absolute nobody to you. So worst case, a guy got an ego boost from a pretty girl thinking about him. Boom. Very well said, Cindy. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. He is an absolute nobody to me in a great way. Yes, yes. In a Yeah, I, I do know what you mean by that. Like, it's like, do you remember that song? I feel like they were kind of a one-hit wonder. That Gautier song, Somebody That I Used To Know. Yes. Yeah. He's just somebody that you used to know that gets to have – this moment where he's like, mm, that yeah. really cool chick I, I saw for a little bit thinking about me. Yeah, she was thinking about me. And like, I, I'm just, thank you, 
to him for not responding. He was obviously asleep. It was very late. So, like, yeah, I'm glad that he, like, appropriately assessed the situation that he should not reply the next day. Yes. I think he, he – I'm sure he perceived the vibe. <laughs> yeah. The vibe was very clear. Um, so, yeah, that was not great. But it was a great night with my brother. It was really fun um, to celebrate his birthday with him, which I haven't done in, like, a very long time. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad that um, I'm glad that he came to town. Yeah, and he was with two of his friends, like a bunch of his friends, but who live here. But two of his friends from California came with him. That oh, was cute. a lot of fun. The other phone throwing moment that I had this week is that. Do you remember that volleyball guy who ghosted me on Bumble? Yes. Who, like I know. I can't remember if I've mentioned on the podcast that we now play on a team together. Oh my god, no! I didn't know that at all. Oh yeah, I play on a I play on a team with him and another guy who I like used to have a thing with. Oh my god. Yeah. So ba- so the story for people who don't remember the story basically is that I matched with this guy on Bumble that I didn't immediately recognize as a volleyball guy that I know because he had a like shoulder length hair and or a man bun and he buzzed it. Mm, so he okay, looks substantially like different. a different human. And so – and he goes by a nickname and the Bumble profile was his full name. So like oh. I, I don't even think – I don't think of him as that name and I think of him as a man with shoulder length hair. Yes. So like – yeah, yeah. Yeah. You were just not in the right – in the right no, Rolodex. No. Fully out of yeah. context. Fully out of context. But he knew who I was and it became clear that I didn't know who he was but then we like figured that out. Then we said this was over the summer. Then we started talking about volleyball, and basically he was like um, asking. He's like, "Oh, like you're playing outdoors? Where are you playing?" And so I like was like, "Oh, you know, Prospect Park. You should come, etc." And he's like, "Yeah, I really miss it because indoor wasn't happening at the time." And so then I said, "So did you match with me just to learn where you could play more volleyball?" And he never replied. Goodbye. So I was like, okay, I guess the answer was yes. But we ended up on this co-ed team together. So, so I, like, he got what he wanted. He is playing more volleyball. He is playing more volleyball. Um, I I posted a video about it. I didn't just talk about it on the pod. I posted a video about it. Come to find out, we went out after the playoffs this week, and the man follows me actively. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my God. So what did he say? He was like, so there was a guy that we didn't know that well at the table and somebody else was asking me for advice about something dating related. And he said to the guy that we don't know very well, oh yeah, like Allie's like famous in the dating world or something. I forget what he said. The Bumble guy was in a different conversation next to us and like turned around and was like, oh my God, yeah, finding Mr. Height, da 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 And I was like, you you follow me? He was like, oh yeah, I'm your biggest fan. I watch every single video. Oh no. <laughs> oh, no. Did he confess oh, no. to knowing did he confess to seeing the video about him? No. So like oh. still a chance that he didn't see it. But mm-hmm. like there was like a vibe. I'm like pretty sure. That he did. He has a girlfriend now, so like, there's nothing that's like on the table at all. Um, Oh wow! So, I guess in between then and now, yeah. And it was like that was over the summer. Like that was in like July. God, it feels like yesterday. 
I know. But it was like, like the six day, months ago. I was saying, I said to Amy, like, the days are long, but the weeks are short. Like, time is both, like, very mm. slow and very fast. And I'm, yes, it's tough. I feel that. Up. I feel that. Um, that's so fucking incredible. Yeah. So that's that. And uh, that was my week. Cheers. Cheers to that. Yes. Um, but I am very excited for our guest tonight. Yeah, me too. We were introduced to her from Alana, right? Yeah, she and Alana are good friends. Her name is Gigi Robinson. Um, She is a content creator. She's also a mental health, body image, chronic illness advocate. She does a lot of speaking engagements and writing related to her own chronic illness journey and how that's, you know, taken a toll on her mental health and her body image. And I'm really excited to talk to her. Yeah, I think this is going to be a cool – because I know that we've talked about wanting to do podcasts like kind of about this type of stuff. And so I'm really glad that this is is kind of starting that – getting that ball rolling. Yes, totally. So I've been talking a bunch about how I'm trying to order in less. And part of that is that I'm cooking at home more. But when I don't have time to cook, which is more often than not, I have really still been loving Factors meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes. Yeah, and they have so many options too. Every week – their menu, they have 35 options that you can pick from. So you can find whatever it is that you're looking for. It's so easy. It's no fuss and no mess. It's so great. And I've also been really enjoying their add-ons that they have. So they have breakfast, they have on-the-go lunches if you don't work from home. I've been ordering their snacks recently to have like a little pick-me-up in the afternoon. And I've really been enjoying that. Yeah. And they also are celebrating Earth Day all month. You can look for their Earth Month Eats badge on their menu. And that will be meals that have the lowest carbon footprint. So shout out to Factor for that one. That's pretty cool. So you can head to factormeals.com slash FMH50 and use code FMH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code FMH50 at factormeals.com slash FMH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Um, So without further ado, let's jump to Gigi. with Gigi. Hi, Gigi. Welcome to Finding Mr. Hyde, the podcast. Hi. It's so good to be here. So nice to meet you. We were bonding before (laughs) recording started about our um, common university. Yes. Fight on to any Trojans listening. Yeah. I I have to admit, I grew up in a UCLA household. Oh. I I know. I cannot cannot contribute. I cannot contribute to the fight on (laughs) rhetoric. No. In all in all seriousness, I love every person that I've met at UCLA. Like everyone's super nice, and I think sometimes the LA, the, when when you're an undergrad and it's your first semester, I get it. the The culture is very very like f UCLA or f USC, whatever. But I will say, I I think it's really beautiful when they come together and do cool things in the Los Angeles area. Well, that is very magnanimous of you. I feel like I like never hear that from either side. <laughs> it's so interesting. Well, Gigi, let's would love to start out with hearing a little bit more about your background and you know, yeah, a little bit more of your story. Sure. So, hello again um, to anyone listening who knows or doesn't know about me. Um, I am Gigi. I live in New York City and I travel a lot. Um, I'm in Miami right now. I'm going to go to LA soon, some other places in between. I'm 
uh, Jen Zier, and I talk about mental health, body image, and chronic illness online, and I make fun videos and photos and writing pieces about it, and I also speak to you know major corporations about how they can be better uh, uh, to their employees who are struggling with you know, chronic illness for the most part in the workplace. So um, although I work for myself and I'm a, you know, content creator full time, I am more so a patient advocate and an advocate for positive change as well. So I try to instill that. And when I have access to these huge companies, I make sure to advocate for people that don't, um, whether that is a socioeconomic you know, reason or that is a reason just because they're not, they don't have the connections or the network or wh- whatever that may be. I just try to inflict change wherever I can that will help other people. So that's a quick and easy little, little brief on me. That's amazing. And how did you get into to doing all of that? Oh, gosh. Um, Yeah, this is always a fun question because I actually started photography when I was first diagnosed with my chronic illness at like age 11. Uh, I had to give up competitive swimming and I started photography. So then I started doing it throughout, you know, middle school and high school. And I decided in high school, like, oh, okay, I want to go to a college to learn about photography and history of art and um, really storytelling predominantly and how they go hand in hand and what I could do in the entertainment space. So I thought, yeah, like I'll go to, you know, Miami or USC or, you know, something, the big school that has a very specific art program in a big city. So I could be immersed in the culture. Like I didn't want to go to a conservatory that was isolated. I wanted to Mm. have that element of like the city life. Also, I grew up in New York City on the Upper East Side. So like I wanted, I just always like need that like commotion kind of going on, that chaos for me to laser in on what I'm doing. I don't know if that makes any sense at all, but absolutely does. I'm a city girl myself. I was really nervous that that wasn't going to land, but I'm glad it did. And then I ended up going to USC for fine art design. And, you know, while I was there, I actually had some trouble with some people not believing that I was sick, predominantly teachers. And that was (gasps) just, yeah, it it was, yeah, awful. Like, it's just like no student should have to deal with that ever. And I made you know, my, my assignments about it, instead of, you know, ratting them out to the Dean, I said, here's the proof. And once I'm a big artist, it'll be attached to my name that, you know, this, this happened. And I thought that that was kind of better than having another SC scandal, which I didn't want to be a part of. Um, But aside from that, there's also a social media club on USC's campus called Reach. And I joined that my first semester. And again, I kind of went into it thinking, I'm going to do photography for major brands and have it get on billboards or have it get, you know, on their websites or their Instagrams. Like I thought that was like going to be my end all be all. And then I kind of realized like, oh, like I love public speaking. Like I was actually really shy um, even going into my first semester at USC. And I think I just kind of grew into myself as my social media went on, as I took on more leadership roles on campus and in my sorority and just trying to be like a leader and a speaker and speak to, you know, 10, 5, 10, 20, 40, 100 people at once, um, so on and so forth. And now with the digital world, I'm sometimes on panels that are distributed 
to over 30,000 people or over 100,000 people. And I never get to even see them or interact with them. And I'm like, damn, like that's like a whole, like two football fields. Like it's wild <laughs> to me. So I, I don't know. Anyway, that that's kind of how I got into it. Well, just from a public speaking perspective, you have the most soothing voice. I would like you oh to read all, all types of audiobooks for me personally. <laughs> I'm like enjoying this so much. Um, oh my God, so that's sweet. Such a, I- <laughs> that's such a cool story where like I am not somebody who really like I didn't really find myself in college and like I feel like that's such a great use of college like that story like how you kind of came in like how you were able to use your resources figure things out and kind of find your own voice is so so cool yeah and you know it's really interesting because again to anyone listening to anyone that is a college student like take this with a grain of salt and don't take this literally. But I had this one teacher uh, for one of my writing classes and she told the class on like the first day of school, she said, you're here in Los Angeles at USC, you know, the Trojan family, there's a huge network. And this really goes for any university. There's a network of alumni. Um, It's something called network effects, which I actually am just learning about in my grad school class. So this is kind of a full circle moment that I'm talking about it here now um, Mm -hmm. as an alumni and a student. But you know, you have all of these resources. It's a, it's it's literally a gold mine sitting there. You're paying to be there. So you can either choose to just hate every minute of it and hate school and blah, 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 or you can choose to take advantage of it. And I don't see why you wouldn't. Most, most LinkedIn messages, unless you're paying for LinkedIn premium, which by the way, students I think can get for free, um, you can you can message anyone and you can say hi I'm a student I would love to learn more about your work you know fight on whatever and I think that that's really cool but second to that um, this teacher said you know guys I want you to tap into that and if there's ever an opportunity in the area where you can go out and you can do something for your career I want you to take it I want you to skip class I want you to do an extra yeah. kind of write up and send in the assignment so it was kind of building this like trust of, I'm going to let you do that, but you have to kind of pay the price by doing an extra piece of work. And I always did that. I did that maybe five times in the semester. And it was amazing because then I got to go to all these conferences and, you know, PR events or whatever in LA with my social media club. And um, I mean, had I not done that, I don't know if I would have met the right people. So that's just a sign that like, also it's really about whatever decision you make in that split moment. And are you willing to quote unquote, put in the work, which most people mm-hmm. are not. Do, yeah, I think that's a, do you feel – Oh, go ahead. Rebecca. Oh, I was going to say, like, first of all, that is an uh, that is a great message. I absolutely love that. And I think it applies both in and out of college. And I kind of was curious if – do you feel like – and there are two sides to this coin. This can be both for better and worse that – because it sounds like you're a really exceptional advocate for yourself and for others. Do you feel like you had to come into that skill earlier because of chronic illness? Oh, absolutely. I just don't think I realized it until I was mature enough to actually Mm. accept that I had a chronic illness because I did not think that I really had it. Like I, I knew I had it because I was bulldozing through appointments and going to the hospital and going to physical therapy and t- 
telling my friends that I'm going to meet my mom for lunch when I'm really at a physical therapy appointment or a doctor's appointment because I was embarrassed that I was sick. Mm. I mean, that's like horrible to have, you know, that kind of like pressure and insecurity. So when I went to college and these teachers didn't believe me, again, it was like a big fuck you that like, oh shit. I actually do have problems. I need to address them. And once I address them and kind of filled my cup, now I'm able to help others. So yes, absolutely had to grow into it. And I don't think it would, I mean, who knows what it would be without it. But um, in in some ways, I, I guess it's a blessing that I am able to kind of, although I'm suffering, it kind of makes it worth it that I can help so many other people. Oh, yeah, that's that's really powerful. And I think like I, I know already just from having – solicited questions from the listeners. And I think a lot of them researched, you know, who you are and kind of your message in the course of that. And already just, I would assume that people being able to see their own experience kind of reflected back at them with somebody who's able to share how they are working through it is so helpful. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the art of storytelling. I mean, that's, that's it. That's why we, that's why we have an entire entertainment industry. We see ourselves in the characters that are portrayed in movies and film and TV. And now the media that we consume is mainly (laughs) under three minutes long on our phones. (laughs) And I think it's about time we tap into that. So if I can do it in a positive way and spread light on my corner, my very small corner of the internet, I'm absolutely going to. So I I agree. I love that. Well, um, before wait. we get in, oh, go ahead, work. We have not done a weird or not. <laughs> no, no, no. I was, yeah, we've just been chit chatting. Um, but uh, before we get into those listener questions, I want to pivot for a second to a little bit of a a sillier topic, um, okay. which is our weird or not of the week. So Fine. let's this, do it. Yeah. So this week's weird or not is they still use their ex's Netflix account. I think this is weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's weird too. I mean, I think, I, I think, sorry. Go ahead, Gigi, sorry. I think it's weird because we don't pick up trash. And once you're done with someone, they're trash. So that's my oh my God, This is so savage. <laughs> I like that that's the reason. Yeah. Like but we don't again, subsidize trash. <laughs> Yeah. Then again, there's people that are like, oh, I don't want to pay a $15 subscription. I'll save 200 bucks on them. But like, um, okay, just like imagine like your ex is like on their Netflix and they're seeing what you're watching. Like, That's the piece. Creepy, weird, like no, garbage. Yeah. That's like garbage for yourself too. And and sometimes who knows, what if you go into theirs? Where It's weird. It's weird. Just no. I don't, I don't want that window into their activity. That's no, what I think no, is weird. No. And we don't visit the yeah, same trash can twice it. unless it's in our kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. This is hysterical. We're not raccoons. We are people. We're not. <laughs> um, so I'm going to say, so also, Gigi, something about so me funny. is anything with exes, I, I think is weird. Like, She's I basically want weird. an ex to like evaporate. I like want no existence. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm going to say Bye. this is. <laughs> 70 weird, 30 nah. Um, I'm going to guess – I'm going to guess, yeah, like eight, 85% weird. And Whoa. Our audience is nah. pretty forgiving, Gigi. Yeah, our audience <laughs> is really forgiving. But so work, work has the benefit I of guess knowing I'm that works. savage for, for you. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Okay, I like this extreme stance. 
No, can I change is, my is, answer then? Is that no, cheating? No, no, no. You, okay. ha- you have to stick with it. Um, okay, 85% weird. So Rourke was really close. It was okay. 64% weird, 36% nah. Okay. 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 It should be weirder or whatever. I, I agree. It should be much weirder, but it's okay. It's okay. I love you and all anyway. I I fucked up today and like I when I went to post – so usually, Gigi, what we do is we ask people to vote and then we give them the opportunity to tell us why – but something went awry with my story posting and the why boxes didn't <sighs> post. Oh, no. Don't she love so that? only the weird one posted and then Na mm. wasn't there. And so then I just deleted the I, weird. I, oh, I was going to say I wanted to know the weird. So I do, I, do have, I do have some of the weirds. So okay, they basically like it was everything we were just saying. Like people were saying like why would you still want that connection? Or a lot of people were focused on whether they have their own – um, profile. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, okay, you're still I'm using saying. your oh. ex's account. Do you have your own profile still? Yeah. Like, and then a lot of people were asking, do they know about it? Like, is this something that you and your ex have agreed upon, or are you just like lurking mm. on their Netflix? I don't like lurkers. I think they're gross. I think it's creepy. It's like. If you want to talk to me, talk to me. And otherwise, it's a relevant waste of space in my mind. Bye-bye. I love <laughs> like that. Like story watchers, people who like watch your story I, and don't – yeah. Orbiters, mm-hmm. I think they call that orbiting these no, days. I, I mean, it's just like if you are have an interest in me and you've verbally said that to me, even I mean, even as if, if this is like an ex and like you want to see what I'm up to, that's just going to cause me anxiety because then I'm subconsciously questioning everything I do based on what you're doing. At least this is like kind of like the, the, the thought process that I'm thinking of personally now, if you can't tell those kinds of behaviors, no, bye-bye. If someone's doing that consistently, I either mute them, block them, or just like delete them from un- – make them unfollow me because you can apparently make people unfollow yeah. you now. Yes, you so, can. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I will do that if I don't like someone's behavior on my account and it is what it is. And if they want to talk to me, then I make it a joke being like, oh, haha, cleaned up my Instagram, like whatever. Sorry. Like I, you hadn't talked to me in, you know, a couple of years or months or weeks. I don't know. It changes. So I digress yet again. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm like so living for it. Okay. I have a quick follow-up. This happened to a okay. friend of mine who got her ex a monthly subscription thing for Christmas. Mm. And so she had to decide if she canceled the monthly subscription because they broke up like while it was still paying out. Who broke up with who? Oh, I don't remember. And also, either was it was it an annual subscription, a monthly subscription? And it was like month- how long so were she they like, dating? Hey, she got him like a six month like delivery thing. And so it was oh, a then question she had to of pay like months. You, it's Principal, a gift, right? Like she got it. She got him six months. Exactly. Oh, wow. Principal. Okay. It's a gift. It's like imagine, imagine that they bought you something upfront for six hundred dollars, and then you broke up four weeks later. You wouldn't ask for that thing back. So, in my opinion, being a good, moral, logical person, I would pay yeah. it out and just leave it and ex excommunicate from my life. Excommunicate yeah. them for my life. Let me rephrase. Yeah. Um, and then whatever happens after that cancels in six months. You get six I months. Do That's think, it. I do think she let it play out. I think it was a coffee subscription, if I'm remembering right, oh. like coffee beans. Oh, okay. um, 
And right. so I, I think she let it play out and she was like, if he tosses it, he tosses it in like spite, but that, yeah. whatever. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. I think you kind of have to. It's a gift. Like you said, mm-hmm. Gigi, like you wouldn't be like, excuse me, please Venmo me $200 because I only got 400 out of the $600 use of this item. Right. Like, ew, gross. Gross behavior. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Um, it's- so it's, yeah, sounds like we're all in alignment that this is fucking weird. <laughs> I did. This was when I was much younger, but I had logged into my family's um, – I think it was like HBO – I think it was HBO Go. It was before whatever they have now, HBO Max or something like that. I had like logged into my family's thing um, on an ex's TV and instead of just removing him, I decided to just put all of these like really intense parental um, parental restrictions in place. Oh my god. So that he could only watch, like, cartoons and rated G movies. Oh, my god, That's very clever. I like that. I, I thought I was very funny at, like, 23. <laughs> Taking notes. Okay. Yeah. That is not, that is not finding Mr. Hyde approved behavior, for the record. No, no, no. I'm kidding. But I'm kidding. That, is, that is what I did once before. Um, so, yes. back to our topic at hand. Yes. Um, like I said, we got – a bunch of listener questions I think people are – and people have been asking also even prior to us announcing that we were having you come on about dating with chronic illness and yeah. you know the mental health and body image issues that come into play with that. Um, yeah. And so, I, yeah, we're just excited to get into it. I'm really glad that you're highlighting it and not only highlighting the chronic illness but those three kind of like points of triangulation of mental health the illness itself, the chronic illness and the body image, because they, it is a triangular kind of situation. It's not a box. It's not a circle. It's literally three points that you have to deal with and they all affect one another. And I mean, obviously there's other parts of that web that go into like socioeconomics, like geographical location, like research, knowledge, like there's so much that goes into it, but I'm really, really excited because you really can't have one without the other. And it, I mean, that's kind of unfortunate, but they, it's all related. Yeah. I think like by way of example, I will probably be really relating a lot of this to, I have a friend who has incredibly, and I, I'd be curious if this is something that you've struggled with where she has incredibly chronic migraines. Yeah. I actually have that. Oh, yeah. And so, like, in college, I remember she's one of my best friends from college, and she, like, a moment kind of in our friendship was, like, she had to go into the bathroom, and um, she had burned through all, like, over-the-counter medication, and so she had to give herself direct intramuscular injections when Mm -hmm. she would get a migraine. And so, like, it was, like, a big step in our friendship where she was, like, is it okay if I do this in front of you? And um, it's, like, something that she has to do, like – if a barometric pressure changes, she like will have to cancel a date. Like it, it, all this stuff kind of like happens to her. And it's this tear for her over like, quote unquote, being strong or like playing through the pain and then like admitting she has this thing going on and how can people, how can partners like be empathetic and a partner in that? Yeah. I, when I deal with migraines, I mean, it's debilitating. I get them for eight hour bouts at a time, like four to eight hours. I'm just like straight up knocked out, like pillow over my face, cold sweats, hot sweats. It's ocular. So I can't see. And um, more recently I've had like two or three episodes where like my, my, my verbal function, like it, it, like I, I, 
speak. Like it's like not, it's not, I'm not speaking. Like I, I can't, I have it in my thoughts, but I can't say it. And it's that, terrifying. I, I have seen I, that happen with her. Yeah. Like and, and, you know, sometimes like my body, like it feels very heavy and it's, it's a very frightening thing. And, you know, my work is speaking and seeing and, and shooting and capturing images with my camera and my gear. So it's terrifying when it happens. But, um, you know, since all that's happened, I've actually, and this is, I mean, in some ways sponsored because I've worked with this company and I genuinely love it and I use it for my migraines, but I like have a migraine like pharma partner now. And it's kind of cool because now I get to give people access and share and talk about things like this, where, you know, people in my audience have migraines and they don't know what to do, or they've never tried something like this, or they don't have access to it because they've never heard of it. So an ad on my page about patient advocacy comes up and they say, oh shit, Gigi tried it. You know, maybe just out of, you know, if it's available, if I'm able to do it, then it might work. So I think that's where it's kind of cool to see pharma kind of starting to tap influencers, but migraines specifically are just horrible. That's not my main condition, but I, I get them pretty sporadically and it's not fun. Um, yeah. And I mean, the right time to share, I mean, I, I could go on for hours about this. I, it's hard at first. I'm like, I'm not going to tell them. And I'm going to, you know, if I'm on a date, I'm just going to suck it up and I'm going to, you know, take my medicine in the bathroom and I'm going to bring extra painkillers with me and something like that. Um, I actually spent most of my life until this past summer not taking medication because I thought mind over matter, I'm young, whatever. You've heard it all before. You shouldn't be sick. You're going to get better, whatever. Just work out more, lose weight. No, it doesn't work like that with genetic illness, newsflash. Um, but I, I, I surrendered and I was like, you know what? I'm going to take this medicine. I'm going to commit to it. I'm going to see how it affects me. And it's literally improved my function so much. But to that point, sometimes let's say the date goes over because you're having such a good time and you forget your medicine at home, and this has happened mm. to me, you know, I'm, I'm in pain. I'm like, shit. And I re- it was crazy. The first time I've taken Advil over the counter, Tylenol, whatever for years, but it was the first time I took it on this medication. And I was like, wait, is this what it's supposed to do? Because like, oh my it, God. I, it literally, I felt it in my body. Like I felt it like take away my pain for, you know, briefly like an hour. But I was like, wow, like I can't believe I've been missing out my whole life on what helps other people. So, um, you know, telling people, I just try to be, first of all, uh, okay, take, take this with a grain of salt, but I'm a, you know, public person. My life is on Instagram. We don't really date today without stalking people. If someone's going on a date they probably know. And they don't look at my pages and realize that like the first thing in my bio is that I'm a chronic illness advocate, then like maybe we have a problem to start with. I just wanted to preface that. But before that kind of came about, I was very, very anxious and nervous to tell people because I didn't want to seem like I was like sick. Like who wants to start a future with someone that's sick, right? Um, who wants to, you know, have kids with somebody who might have fertility problems? I, I mean, that hasn't been something I've been dealing with yet. Um, or, you know, maybe it has to do with like, just like the pain of having a kid physically. Like I can barely carry my dog who's 11 pounds for more than like 
a block or two. Um, so it's just, it's, I, I think of all of these things and I'm 23 and it's like, I would rather be open and honest with somebody up front because I feel like the longer you wait, it's kind of like keeping a secret to your best friend that you really, really want to tell them. And when you tell them, it's like it could just implode. So I would rather put it out there, which it already is because of my situation. But if it wasn't, I would rather yeah. just put it out there because you know what? The person that's going to be a dick about it is not your person. Yeah. It's we so don't true. pick up garbage and those kinds of things are disposable. <laughs> so bye. That's my thought process. How would you recommend approaching sharing that? Oh, yeah. This is – I mean, it's a challenging question. Like, it's kind of an intimate question because health is intimate. But um, yeah. I, I I, feel like, you know, sometimes at least like, you know, when I'm talking to someone on Hinge or something, you know, or Raya, it's like, you know, I see, you know, you do work in mental health and chronic illness. That's dope. And I'm like, yeah. Um, and, and then they start asking me these questions about my health on a dating app. And it's like, I don't really know if I like that, first of all. Oh, Second of all, they'll be like, you know, I mean, we're coming out of the pandemic and I'm a little bit more like adventurous. So I think, you know, there's going to be more opportunities for me to explore this topic even further. But during the pandemic, I really wasn't comfortable because of my immune system going out on frequent dates. So like if it would be like a video date or like chatting with someone and then they're like, let's meet up. And I'm like, I actually can't. I'm immunocompromised. They're like, oh, what, why? And it's like, oh, what, why, sir? I don't owe you my medical history. First of all, you should be like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Can I send you some Postmates? Can we do a date together? And you know what? I never found anyone like that online. And I am okay. I'm allowed to have high expectations. I don't really care about these losers online who are like, I don't know. So again, I would put it out there just because I'm, I, I get it. I get it. It's like scary. You're sure you're being vulnerable. Your heart might get crushed, but I'm telling you the way that you're going to feel after when you tell someone like, you know what? Like I get, I have chronic illness. It's no different than saying I like the color. I like to wear the color green. Like obviously, yes, it's very different. Okay. Well, I said there's no difference, but it's it's very different <laughs> in the sense I'm talking about the purpose of sharing something like that. Like if you really like the color green because it has some kind of significance in your life, maybe it was your mom's favorite color, your grandma's favorite color, and you know you love it versus you have this chronic illness and that's a big part of your life. Maybe the color green's a big part of your life and you share that with someone, sharing your chronic illness should be fine. And I would, you know, honestly just say like, look, like I I yeah, I just want to be honest with you and tell you like I have a chronic illness and I I think another step in this journey is you're talking about approaching a situation that is based off of somebody else's validation of ourself and to be okay with that, you have to be okay with it in the first place to recognizing that somebody is not going to like you because you're sick. And if you can handle that, if you can process that, like, that's a possibility a lot, and you can also process the fact that there's going to be people out there, multiple people, one person that will be there for you and not care about that and be with you no matter what and want to do everything for you, then 
I also think that that's like something you have to be aware of. But a lot of the conflict happens, I think, when we're scared and we have this fear of telling somebody because we're actually not okay with the rejection of somebody else. And instead, we just plow through and we get that attention. Long-winded answer. I really no, just interrupt great. me anytime. I am like a total chatty Kathy out over here. No, we love it. Um, I think that's so true though. I, I think that that applies to so much that you might share about yourself with someone yeah. too of like pe- – because people ask all the time, when is the right time to share insert thing? Like yeah. so, you know, any anything about us that we might be insecure about, whether you know it's that we've – that we have a chronic illness or that we've been mm-hmm. through loss or you know whatever it is that you're divorced or whatever the case is. And I think people often are saying, well, when is the right time? When is the right time? And something that a lot of guests that we've had and that we've come back to have said is when you are prepared for the reaction. Mm-hmm. And like when, like you said, Gigi, like when you feel like their reaction has no, no reflect is no reflection on me. Yeah. And like somebody who reacts poorly to me sharing this about myself, whatever that yeah. thing is, is not my person. Right. And for me, I would rather do that up front because I'm going to be the least attached to somebody the less that I know them. So that's yep. kind of my philosophy. Totally. And I mean, you know what? I've gone through and I've told guys this before and they said, oh, that doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me, whatever, until it did. And that was harder to deal with when I was open about it and I did go through it. And then it ended up being something about, oh, well, you know – I mean, you guys are going to flip, but it was like, I don't like that you, you're not an active person. And I said, I'm a very high functioning, Uh, active person here. Just because I don't have a fucking six pack and I don't want to go to a boxing class does not mean that I'm not active, mister. Okay. Like it was so bad. And I was like, I'm dumping your ass. And I did. And that was that. But (laughs) And it's like, oh, you look so good on my comments or lurking. And it's like, fuck off. Bye. Literally. Bye. Like, no garbage, goodbye, never again. So now, I i mean, if somebody says something about my body, which also red flags on Hinge, like people are always like, oh, you know, if like you wore that dress on a date, it would be successful. Or like if you like spun Ugh. around, like creepy, cringy, gross. Good and God. I'm like, I, I literally have said like, I would rather the date be successful based on a connection we have than you objectifying my body. And it unmatches like immediately because it's like, are you for real? Are Somebody you for real? That is not the way to go. I have had three or four people on Hinge comment on one of my pictures and say, I want you to wrap those legs around me. <gasps> Shut <gasps> up. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a universal freaking, oh my God. Yeah. And I'm like, what? When is this working for you? Like you said, er- you said earlier in this, when we were doing our updates work, like when has taking something sexual immediately, been the move. Who is teaching them this is the bigger question. Where are they Other, learning yeah. this? Other dudes. Oh, my God. And like, yeah, we're getting God. their feedback from the wrong source. Oh, yeah. good God. But like oh, on, God. That, on that note, Gigi, like how it seems like you're in like such a good place in terms of your mm-hmm. body image and to be able to react yeah. to these comments that, that – in a like just yeah fuck you I'm yeah. a me kind of way, like that must have taken work to get mm-hmm. there. I think for, absolutely for all of us and yeah. I mean, so here's the thing: 
I have actually, again, back to my photography journey, I've been doing photography for years, like 10 years. Um, I'm, you know, technically trained. I literally, I kid you not, I have my photographer, my, my camera in arm's reach at all times. Like literally it is always out. I'm always using it. And I studied like posing workshops, like Photoshop workshops, lighting workshops, like all of the stuff from the industry when, because it's what I thought I wanted to do in high school because I wanted to be the best. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I know there's a kind of like a toxic behavior that comes with wanting to be the best and chasing the next big thing, but you know what? It's hard work. I put in the work to get as good as I am at what I do. And there's nothing wrong with that. So for years, I practiced self-portraiture like on my old websites. Mm. Like, do you, <laughs> I was going to say my friends right back here, I was going to say, do you remember when I did all these self-portraits? I mean, if I go back on my Instagram or Facebook far enough, you'll see them. But I would you know, set my tripod up. I would pose the way that I did. And I was the experiment for my clients. So if I could do it, if I could pose, I could show them how it will look in a photo because I know myself posing in the mirror, posing on camera, that I can replicate that by directing somebody else to make them feel confident no matter what they look like. So it was really a a matter of learning the technicalities of how light works, how posing works, and then how to really edit like a professional, first of all. So that was extremely helpful. I need some water. (laughs) Second is... Aside from that, I, you know, I wanted to learn the tricks of the trade and it taught me a lot of Photoshop stuff and not in a good way, in the way where, you know, your under eye bags have to be smoothed out in a way where I edited every freckle off my face. I edited my smile lines at age 16 and 17. I edited the bruises off of my body because of my chronic illness. And I edited the figures. I edited, I made everything smooth because that's what the industry taught me at the time. Now, I quickly learned that I did not like doing that. Um, yeah. You know, that I, I started learning this age, you know, ninth grade, you're what, 14, 15 years old. By 17, 18, I was doing projects kind of saying, anyone can look like a supermodel. And hey, guess what? No Photoshop. So kind of a little like right before Aerie, I think launched their campaign with Iskra of like no retouching. I remember being like, that was my idea. But I think it was kind of like the energy of moving with the industry as I was researching it. And again, as you can tell, and like Roke, you can like understand, but like USC is a research school. Like it's kind of serendipitous that I ended up there and I love it. I love chasing things. That's what researchers do. Um, and they analyze it. So, so I did that. And then, um, you know, with my, my chronic illness, it's been really hard because I, I can't, exercise the way that other people exercise. Like I literally am the kind of gal that will be in a water fitness class with all these old ladies because that's what feels good for my body. And, you know, at 23, almost 24, I'm like, I'm going to do what feels good for my body, not what others do to look good and feel good for their body. And also, I'm going to be honest, that sounds fun as fuck. 
Oh, it's so fun. Like literally water aerobics <laughs> is my favorite activity. It's really, really fun. And the old ladies are usually really fun except the mean ones. And the mean ones, you just kind of like do a better job than them and get the instructor to call on you instead. It's like a good feeling. There's mean old ladies um, in the water aerobics class? Oh, yeah. There's major, major beef in the water aerobics class in my building Fuck at yeah. least. I um, live oh, my this. God. That's amazing. I, <laughs> I we know. have to do like a whole sidebar on the on the oh my gosh. Yeah. in the water aerobics class. that's it. Yes. That just – it randomly made – a friend of mine always says like the best workout for you is the workout that you want to do yes I love that yeah and and like the, the one that you will do is the one that is therefore healthiest and best for you because mm-hmm. you will do it consistently and it doesn't yeah. fucking matter like don't tell me that hit is the thing to do don't tell me that this is the thing to do do what you're going to do because you're then doing mm-hmm. something yeah and I guess to my point is it took me so long to even be like, okay, I'll go to the water fitness class and not be embarrassed that I'm the youngest person there. I mean, what kind of stupid limiting belief is that? Like the old ladies are like subconscious, like like self-conscious about whatever bikini they're wearing or, or uh, what are those called? Tankinis or one pieces, you know, like the, those, and the, if those ladies can rock it, then I can rock it, like whatever. And they're always like, you look so good. And I'm like, literally I'm wearing my swim shirt right now, um, which is kind of funny, but um, <laughs> you know, it, that took me years. I didn't start water fitness until like July because I, that I, I was always, I didn't want to do it. And I always got scared too, because my doctor said no contact sports, no high impact, high intensity. You can't do it. It Mm. could exacerbate your heart. It could exacerbate your asthma. It Mm. could, you know, hurt your joints, this and that physical therapy, strengthen your core, you know, eat more vegetables, blah, 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 blah. And it's like all of this weird, like health and wellness and fitness that like, I didn't, I don't know. I mean, I get it in, in saying good to your body, but then, you know, my friends who can work out would invite me. So I'd go and I'd push myself and I'd hurt myself and I'd hate myself for doing that. So mm-hmm. In terms of body image and exercise specifically, it's been really hard. But like you just said, it's whatever works. Over the pandemic, it was walks for me. Um, you know, I spent some time down here in Florida. It was walks and it was the water fitness and the swimming. Um, and, and you know, that's good. And now that I'm on this medication, you know, I've done like some dance class, kind of high intensity dance classes oh, or nice. low intensity. I don't really know. And you know what? I actually, for the first time, like enjoy it. And like feel good. And and it's been such a good feeling to come into. And also, aside from that, so that's one aspect of the body image thing. The other aspect, which I literally again made my best friend back here like do today, is I have mirrors all over my bedroom. Like normally when I'm home in New York, my bedroom has closets that are mirrors. I have a giant floor length mirror. I have, you know, a smaller mirror. I have a desk mirror. I have them everywhere. And the reason is because one, when you're on camera on all the time, I kind of like to just like know my angles, know what I look like at all times. Two, every single day that I'm not on vacation for the most part, I turn on a song, any song that calls me, you know, maybe it's in a playlist and I get up and I move my body and I fucking watch myself in the mirror. I'm like dancing with as if I'm dancing with someone else. And I just like do what feels good. And I'm like, you're hot. You rock it. Like it doesn't matter what your fold is. And you know what? All I see is a girl that loves like what is going on in the moment and having fun. And that's really the key to confidence. And it's the key to being okay in your body. Because when you're dancing, you're not thinking about the bruise on your leg or, you know, if you're if you're your body hurts, I sit on a chair and I move my upper body. Like there's, you can make any excuse or any objection about your body 
all you have to do is figure out if you if you can make it negative, you can make it positive. It's like ions, right? Right? They they mm. opposite attract, right? I think I'm getting that right with the science. Maybe I'm not. I'm gonna go with it. Spot um, on with the science. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the mirror thing, I mean, and even like you I know, whenever that. I get good news, I'm like, I'm so fucking proud of you. Like you're my best friend. Like I'm literally, this is so cool. And you literally did that. Like you're such a bad bitch. And I'm so, so grateful that like, I trust you to do this with me in life. Like I literally talk to myself as if I'm my best friend and some people may think it's weird, but you know what? We're not doing this in person. We're doing this. I mean, we're not doing this around other people. We're doing this. You're not like on the street in front home. of a building. Like, yeah. And yeah. guess what? You're, you're doing it for less than five minutes. One song a day. You can do more, but one two to five minute song, right? Unless you're choosing some Jimi Hendrix, whatever. Um, <laughs> like, Stairway to heaven know. every day. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. No, just kidding. I would. I don't know how I would even dance to that. But yeah. That's um, amazing. So I want to do that like immediately when we get off this recording. Oh, do it. Yeah. Please. Please. No, that's a that's a great suggestion and it, it may have fully and like you may have fully already answered the question that I wanted to ask you, which is um I and in I mean no way I don't want to elevate this to the level of what people experience with chronic illness. I have celiac and so often I will be like very That is a chronic illness. Don't first of all, stop. You oh, don't have to apologize for allergy. No, it's not just a food allergy. It is literally a deb- – it can be debilitating. My, I have family members with it. I have best friends with it. It's debilitating. And I never want anybody with celiac disease to feel like, oh, it's just a food allergy. It's just it's just this. No, it's so much more. And I, I have so much empathy for people with celiac because it really affects you guys. And and you should Thank never you. feel That's ashamed nice. of that. So I just, I just had to say that. <laughs> well, I also Thank think you. it's That's one of those things thoughtful. where like – just because like the thing that you are suffering from is not the worst thing that anybody is suffering from doesn't mean that it's not like fucking awful. No, I mean, that's the thing about chronic illness. It's dynamic. It looks different. You could feel fine one day and you know what? You eat something with gluten by accident the next day and boom, you're in the toilet, you're on the couch and you can't, you're out for the day. Right? So it's, it's, dynamic it ebbs and flows and there's times where things are good and there's times where things are bad and just because it's worse for someone else doesn't mean it's any less bad for you like yes that's, no that's all yeah. that's all 100 true um i think so like the the specific question i wanted to ask was i will have like days where i'm like very bloated and like look mo- like if i wore like a yoga pant and like a short top like people would think like i was pregnant and like that would be the first assumption I might have, call it a date, like maybe a date, maybe a hang with friends, maybe an, like a group hang. Yeah. Like I will have something going on where like I want to feel good and I want to look cute, but like I feel so like not myself. Mm-hmm. And I often like I, I was wondering if, and like I said, you may have fully already answered it, what your kind of tips are for in a situation where you do still want to go. This is not a situation where you want to cancel, but you want to feel uh, your best going in. Like what's your, is there a, is there a strategy? Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's a great question because I honestly am a boundaries girl. If I am in pain, I'm canceling. Um, whether we, it's taken us two or five times to hang out, which this has happened. I canceled, you know, three times with this one girl who I met on Instagram. I was on her show. Um, sweetest girl ever. Her name's Desam Lee. She's literally so cool. Um, and 
I went on, you know, we were supposed to meet in November, we were supposed to meet in December. She got COVID, I got COVID. You know, I was traveling, I was around my parents. Like it literally took us four months to figure something out because I had a flare up or whatever. And, yeah. um, you know, she was understanding and you want to surround yourself with people that are not going to be dicks about your chronic illness, knowing how shitty it makes you feel, or maybe they don't, they can't even comprehend it, but maybe your friendship is so strong that you're able to say it and they respect you enough to be like, I totally get it. Like, Oh yeah. I send my friends like pictures. Right. Like, 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 this is going to be me later. I'm going to be wearing a very oversized shirt. We're rocking with it. Like (laughs) exactly. But but in the case that you do want to go, I mean, it is hard. I mean, like for example, when I want to go to a festival, like I'm going to South by Southwest in a couple of weeks and I have to pack extra medication because I know those days are hard, not only physically from walking around, usually it's like something like four to eight, four to eight miles a day, I'm sure, to yeah. talking, the mental stimulation after being predominantly doing my work from my room for the past two years, like meeting all these people is so oh, fun and energetic, but it's, it's very, very overstimulating. And that's a thing where I want to go and I want to do everything. Um, so for me, my, my checklist is, you know, make sure at all times I have a chair in sight that I can sit down. Um, I don't have a handicap pass, but you know, on, on my flight info for the most part, I have like, you know, I get a wheelchair, I get wheeled to the gate, like anything I could do. I have extra water. I have liquid IV all the time. I've got extra Advil as well, extra painkillers. Um, I've got, uh, you know, friends, like I, I tell my friends, look, I'm going to need a break after everything or, um, doing this or, you know, maybe I'll spend the extra money and I'll pay for the Uber or um, another another situation, you know, oh, maybe I'm going to eat before. So I eat something so that when I take my medicine in a couple hours, it's on an empty stomach. Like little things like that really can change, I think, the course of the event. It's just kind of a matter of um, – I don't know if you guys have ever listened or heard about Mel Robbins. She's like a motivational speaker. She kind of has this yeah. method of like five, four, three, two, one, and you make a split decision. What do you want to do? And I really kind of utilize that when I'm dealing with these these flare ups. It's either, you know, for example, when my best friends had a birthday party a couple of weeks ago and I had to make a decision of did I want to get dressed up and go, do I want to do my makeup? Do I want to do my hair? Whatever. And you said, you know what? I'm not doing anything crazy. I'm throwing my hair back. I'm wearing leggings. I'm going to throw a little makeup on for some pictures because it's her birthday. And you know what? I'm going to take my medicine now. I also don't drink alcohol at all anymore. So that's never an issue, which always makes things worse for me um, in my chronic conditions. And I just, I really try to think logically. I mean, it's how, how hard it can be. I, I find a place to sit at the party. Um, you know, we take our photos. I, I mix and mingle. And there's always people sitting down at parties. Like literally, you, you can talk. Sometimes they're cool. You never know. I'm cool. And I <laughs> sit down at parties. So whatever. That's what I have to say on that. There's so many things. It's subjective. Yeah. yeah. Well, it also sounds like you do a really good job of controlling the things you can control. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's all That's all you can do. What What are you going to try to do? Make the sky orange? No, th- that won't happen. <laughs> how, how do you balance taking care of yourself and then like asking oh. others to like change the plan to take care of you a little bit? I'm very bad at this. <laughs> um, it's hard. Like all the time, my friends, like for group hangs, they're like, we're ordering pizza. And I'm like, okay, I'll bring a salad. Like, and that's fine. I don't, like, I don't mind that. But like, it, 
there's a it, it, that's why it's oh, a question. You feel, you, know? FOMO. It's like, you, you feel the FOMO. Yeah. Um, it's hard. I mean, again, it's it's about surrounding yourself with the people that will accommodate you and and be nice about it, or at the very least communicate that they can't provide that to you sometimes, and then then it's your responsibility to do what's good for you. Um, you know, I I I would like my family. I mean, it's been years in the making, but like, you know, my brother will notice I'm struggling or he'll be like, damn, like, do you want me to carry that? Or like, you know, and, and really that's so helpful. Or like, do you want, do you want to put some stuff in my bag? Or, um, for me, it's more about like the carrying and like the weight of everything. And, you know, Mm -hmm. nowadays with like accommodating non-alcoholic things or more recently, um, I've been like, I'm very close to being fully plant-based, fully vegan. And, um, Mm -hmm. Like that's a big accommodation for people, which is kind of stupid considering like everyone should eat vegetables, but like people act really weird about it. Um, um, In that case, I would, I would bring a salad. I would bring what I want. And, and that's what you have to do with a chronic illness. You kind of have to, it was hard as a kid to kind of, I think, accommodate myself for the longest time. Like instead of a backpack, I was using a rolling backpack. And, you know, that's not cool in high school. Um, In college, I would sometimes bring a suitcase, like, with me to class, which, like, a carry-on, which sounds weird. It it just looked nicer than a rolling backpack in my mind because it was, like, I was on a mission. I had a place to go. And then I had, like, my business and my snacks. Love it. Exactly. My my camera gear and, like, it was all – and, like, an extra, you know, whatever I needed, um, like, something to take my medication with and, you know – it's, it's a great idea. Whatever. Like yeah, it you is. just you have to figure it out and um once you have a grip on it, you're able to communicate it better. So it's again down to the communication thing, which is learned over time. It takes time. You feel like a burden, but you need to get that limiting belief out of your head because believe it or not, people who love you want to help you and you want to help them. So you help them and you make the relationship better by expressing the things that you need. So they can help you and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. I think that ties so well into kind of like the final topic that that people had asked mm-hmm. about, which is how do you move through worrying that you're not enough for somebody, that you're not enough mm. for a partner or that you are mm. a burden, like you said? It's the wrong person. Like you, you can't have that belief. And I also – honestly, I hate that I just said the word can't. Like I'm really trying hard to eliminate it completely from my vocabulary because it's such a disgusting word in my opinion. Like I think you can do everything. There's always a way. It's a matter of figuring out the problem and finding a solution. So in this case, it's a limiting belief that you're not enough because of something that somebody's told you or the way that somebody's treated you. Um, But I saw this one influencer post, I can't remember her name, but it was kind of like if you order a dessert at a restaurant and it's really shitty, you're not going to stop going to other restaurants and ordering dessert, right? So if there's somebody in your life that's like, you know, kind of treating you like you're not enough, I think that's a bad dessert and you got to move on. It's not a problem with you. Like it's literally a limiting belief. Um, And if you can switch your mindset there, then 
and I have literally, I'm telling you, I've had no good experiences with guys. You can ask any of my friends, like it's literally love, love bomb, rose colored goggles. And, you know, I'm dating the wrong guys in the wrong cities. Apparently I don't even know where to go. Like New York, LA and Miami, probably the worst places to find good quality men, but who knows? Um, (laughs) And, and, and with that, you know, I, I could say, oh, I'm not good enough for that guy. Fuck that. (laughs) <laughs> absolutely not. Like they're the ones, you know what, you know what's funny? Guess who lurks? You know, you know what the best lurking situation is in my, that gives me the most like laughs is LinkedIn because you can see that they're linking, uh, they're on it. And it's like, wow, yep. you went that far out of your way to see what I'm doing. Ha ha. Ha ha. You were the one that was a dick to me. And now I talk about it for my career. Ha ha. So, you know, I kind of like to do things like that. And I know it may seem that I'm like super confident, but I mean, I'm talking about a situation that happened in, you know, four years ago at this point. And the fact that I even can take that and flip it around, like it took time. Um, In the moment I was destroyed and I never thought I was going to find someone else again. And I, you know, then I found someone else and then I had like a love bomb situation. And then I was like upset. And then I was like, you know what? Like, why am I, again, why am I crying over a disgusting dessert? No, I'm going to find my, my, I'm going to find the exact key lime pie that I want. Exactly. It's key lime pie. Find the exact one you want. Or bust. Oh, I fucking love you. You're talking to a pie. You're talking to a pie girl. I love that you just gave that example. I'm the biggest (laughs) pie girl on the planet. Yes, I love pie. I have a (laughs) I have a key lime pie place in my phone as a like Steve's (sighs) favorite. Oh my gosh! Wait, we need to go one day. It's Steve's key lime pie in Red Hook. Let's do it. Oh my gosh, let's do it. Yeah, we have to. We'll do it. I'll go with you. Done. Perfect. I'm well, jealous. on that pie note. <laughs> oh, Allie, that you're going to be was a arrested for pun. pun. That, that was perfect. <laughs> you. I'm so glad you realized it was a pun. <laughs> that was a crime. I'm sorry. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah. no, it was it was great. I love it. I, I'm so gullible. I, I love jokes. I think they're cute. Um, yeah. Oh, good, anyway. great. You're in the right place. Um, mm-hmm. Well, Gigi, this conversation was amazing, and I I know, I know that our I listeners loved are going to be inspired by it. Oh my gosh, you know what? I and I I've lately been saying this, but I mean, with every interview I do, I try to bring something different to the table. And tonight I definitely did that. And I think this was you guys pulled really great questions out of me that I haven't been asked before. And again, it's it was really nice talking to both of you. You're both so sweet, and I can't wait to meet you one day in person um, and Over hang high. out. And yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Totally. Well, thank you again, Gigi. This was awesome. And let can you let the listeners know where to find you? Yeah. Yes. Um, so there's two things. You can either Google me, Gigi Robinson, and my website will come up along with all of my social media handles, which are at it's Gigi Robinson. So pretty two pretty simple methods. Beautiful. Thank you. Again, thanks for your time. Thank tonight. you. Love this it. Was Have great. a good night. Yeah. Good night.